0: Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect.
1: Hello and welcome to From the Canvas Podcast, your monthly review of all things boxing. Uh, I'm Joe and with me today, as always, is my co-host Dave. How are you, Dave?
2: Very well, thank you, mate. you okay?
1: okay? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you, mate. Um, been a couple of weeks since we did our last pod and to be honest with you, there hasn't been much boxing, which um, is probably not the best start for a boxing podcast. Um, but I think what we've decided to do today is to cover a few um talkworthy bits of news. So I think that will probably replace our normal kind of reflection um for part one and then part two we're going to cover off um the upcoming fight so we've got a coley fighting at the weekend uh, and then we've got white versus provetkin and then uh, we're going to go into the anti-joshua ages out of fights with his 11th fight i think against yes. jason gavin good I um, i had to remember what fight we we're on by then thank you for thank you for nodding your head on the screen first of all dave um i guess the big news we want to jump straight into Fury versus joshua
2: looks like it's happening yeah, it's great news, isn't it? Um, it it looks like the contracts have been signed. That's what they've that's what they've been reporting or what Eddie Hearn's been reporting anyway. So it seems to be that the uh, the money side of it is done and dusted. Um, I believe it's a 50-50 split, isn't it, for the first fight and then a 60-40 split for the winner for the second fight, which sounds sounds fair enough. Yeah. Um, I think um, the only thing they've got to sort out, I think, is the venue, isn't it? They're still not sure about where it's going to be, but surely it's going to be in the Middle East. I would have thought the first fight.
1: I think so. I think I think it makes perfect sense to And then and then perhaps the second fight in the UK when we're a bit further down the line, and perhaps that also plays into the winners' um, winners' choice there. Old Trafford, yeah. probably, I guess.
2: I think yeah, Wembley for Joshua if he wins the first, and probably Old Trafford if Fury wins the uh, the first one. Um, I was a bit worried like last week. I messaged you, didn't I? Because uh, some of the stuff coming out of Tyson Fury's uh, social media accounts are a little bit worrying at the moment. Um, and as, there's part of me that does wonder: is it just a bit of mind games and a bit of Tyson Fury messing about, and um, sort of uh, yeah, just a bit of mind games from people, Or is it is it actually something to 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 really worry about, you? Know, you when you look at it, you think Fury hasn't fought since February 2020. Obviously, it was brilliant against Deontay Wilder on that night, but he hasn't fought since February 2020. And then he's putting stuff out like, you know, he's on holiday, he's not training, he's drinking 10, 12 pints a day. Um, we had that video on uh, YouTube that um, that people were going like, mad about because he was in Morecambe Bay, wasn't he, going swimming, and he looked a bit overweight and stuff. So I just wonder, is he is you know it's worrying with Fury isn't it because he's got history of this and you know when he's inactive been inactive before it, it he's not been in a good way so I'm just I'm just worried that that is um happening again hopefully it isn't um uh, hopefully it's just a bit of mind games from him but he's is, is a concern
1: yeah i, I agree he's a concern i, I think I, I personally think you're right the, the the absence from the ring is 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 going to have an impact on him i think he's someone that's not is not a no, I, I say full time boxer, I don't mean that, but I don't think he doesn't live his life. He's a Ricky Hatton type type fighter. He doesn't live his life exclusively for boxing. He's not always you know near enough ring fight ring ring shape. Um, so it was a bit worrying, but I, you know, having having now had the time to reflect on it, and you know, obviously with the announcement being made like a week later, it does feel a little bit like his gamesmanship from his perspective to mm-hmm. get us over the line. And do you know what? He's got over the line, so I'm pretty you know I'm I'm, I'm pleased. I just. We couldn't. We couldn't go through 2021 without this fight being made. We just couldn't. This is the time. This is this is the time now. It was it was a time a little while ago, I think, for Joshua Wilder, and now it's got to be. And that didn't happen. And Fury sneaked in, and and fair play to him. But you now it's got it's got to be the time for Joshua
2: versus Fury. I think I think even more so for, for AJ. If AJ doesn't get this fight. Um, all people will say is dodged Wilder is dodged fury and it's he, he has he has to have this one, you know, hundred percent. Um and it, dangerous looks good. Fights, it looks promising. And I was gonna say there's, there's dangerous fights out there for um
1: uh, for Joshua as well. I think if he continues to dodge Fury, um he could come unstuck against some of the other people that are there or thereabouts. Yeah. You know, we've talked we'll talk about White a bit later, but I think White gives Joshua a really good fight at the moment. Um, especially a really motivated Ilion White Despite, him. in fact, he's a bit of a been a bit of a bellender ender recently. Um, I think Wilder, whilst I don't think he beats Joshua, is a real danger. And there's who uh, I just don't know quite where he fits yet. Yet, but I mean,
2: I don't. I wouldn't. If I was Joshua, I wouldn't be looking for that fight anytime soon. Yeah, that that's that's one that Joshua doesn't really have anything to gain from that fight. He's just got no. everything to lose. So um, yeah, this has to be next. And um, you know, promising signs this week. So hopefully. Uh, we can get this over the line for sort of June, July time. And then, uh, and then we're talking UK, November, December.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm thinking this is probably going to be the biggest fight ever in terms of box office, to be honest. Well, I think
2: I think they're talking sort of 500 mil, aren't they? Um, yeah. Which is, which is mad. I, I have heard just on the box office, I have heard things coming out of Matchroom about um, the price for the fight. And I think it's, you know, people are talking about it maybe it being like uh, 40 quid, mm. Um which is a real blow but it's what it's one of those where you know are, are we going to still watch it Well, we are aren't we so yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those really
1: yeah there's been a few matchroom fights especially some of the dillian white ones where you've gone am i really going to spe- I'm I really going to spend 25 quid on this um, i'm trying to think who some of them were but yeah like and there's been a few real dodgy ones uh, and in fact there's been one or two that i've <clears throat> not purchased um but I mean, you, you are going—you are going to watch Fury versus um, Fury versus Joshua, aren't you? No matter what time it is, and yeah. no matter how much cost, really, within reason. Just need to work on our wires for, to, get, to go and get some tickets, mate.
2: I mean, that would be ideal. I, I, I'd, I'd maybe maybe pick Old Trafford over uh, over Riyadh, maybe, but um,
1: <laughs> who knows? Can you imagine the talking to we're going to get on that? Right. So the, the talking to when we go and watch fights in manchester or cardiff where we're being collected uh, are lengthy imagine if it was like yeah we'll, we're going to go to rehab now for a week uh, <laughs> we are gonna that is gonna that is gonna be a long long talking to i feel
2: if you don't hear from us in a couple of days contact the british embassy <laughs> yeah, yeah. hi hi
1: babe lost passport will be in contact soon. Right. Anyway, on that, I, I feel we've gone on a slight tangent there. Um, I think led by me, so apologies. Right. Um, other big news, I think, I mean, not to the same extent, but Liam Williams getting his world championship uh, opportunity. Yeah, uh,
2: fully, fully, um, fully deserved, really. I think he's been quite vocal um, in the last sort of year or so, calling out um, Demetrius Andrade, who holds the WBO middleweight title. Um, and, you know, Williams has really been, Quite vocal online and saying that he's going to smash him to bits, and he's you know no nobody. Andre um, has been dodging this for a while, in my opinion. But it, the fight's made; it's seventeenth of April, it's happening, um, It's over in the US. And I think Liam Williams has got an excellent chance of winning this. I, I can't see Andre causing him too many problems. I, I don't think Andre's that good, to be honest. From what, I, admittedly, I've not seen a lot of him, but the little I have seen he's he's quite dull to watch and just sort of get does enough to get the job done. Um, I was just looking at the records and they've got one, um, shared opponent in the recent past. Um, I'm going to read it. Altez, Fox. I've, I've oh, Altez Fox. Yeah, that guy. Um, Andre got a points decision, which is kind of his, uh, modus operandi. Uh, whereas Leah Williams stopped him in five rounds. Um, think uh since since losing to liam smith for the world title in the light middleweight um section you know it, he's not put a foot wrong for a few years now liam william's won all his fights since then and has looked really really impressive um and i think there's a really excellent chance that he becomes the next uh british world champion
1: yeah and let's hope and let's hope so you know um the, the more British world champions we can have, the more interesting fights we get, the bigger undercards we get, the bigger the better. The, the more fights we get on a Saturday night on BT or on Sky, so yeah, I'm all I'm all, I'm all for that. Good luck to him. Um, you said that was on the 17th of April as well.
2: 17th of April, yeah.
1: Excellent. I haven't seen the date for that. So that's good. Oh, we've got some, we've got a few good weeks of fighting. Um, we'll come on. We'll talk a about, bit about, bit more about them in the next part. But I mean, looking forward to Akoli this weekend. White the weekend after. We've got Connor Ben on the 10th, and then it sounds like Liam Williams on the 17th. So, having had a few weeks without without much boxing action, it's definitely definitely coming back, and I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, excellent. News.
1: My head's already not looking forward to some of the Sundays, but anyway, that's, um, it's different math. That's my own, that's my own issue. Um, right then, mate. And then just finally, in terms of news, I just thought it was worth touching on Clarissa Shields, who, who now has all the belts in two different weight divisions, having beaten Marie-Yves care
2: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? What a, what a phenomenal achievement to, you know, to have all the, all the belts, belts in two belt weight classes is, belt belt is, belt is incredible. Um, I'm a bit torn on it, if I'm being totally honest. Um, just from a sense, you know, in terms of the the magnitude of the achievement, I'm not. I don't want to downplay her at all because it's a, it's a wonderful achievement. She's a really excellent boxer. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it does. There is also an element to it for me that it just just screams of the lack of depth in women's boxing. Mm. Um, that if you've got a fighter that can win all the all the belts at two weight classes. Um, you know, I know that sounds like I'm taking away from her achievement. I, d- I don't mean to, but um, I just, I just think when you look at when you look at where women's boxing is at the moment, um, it's definitely on the up, and that's brilliant news. Uh, and the the strength and depth is coming through slowly but surely. But at the moment, you're probably looking at maybe four or five names in the world that are really, really strong. Um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking, you know, uh, Katie Taylor's an obvious one. Um, Jessica McCaskill won at the weekend to defend her titles. Um, you've got uh, Clarissa Shields and then you've got Savannah Marshall and you know that's that's probably it apart from a few others. Um, so whilst it's a fantastic achievement, I think it'll be put into perspective you'll have better perspective on it maybe in 10 years' time when women's boxing is in a much better place and, um, you know, we can we can evaluate it further. But, um, but yeah, fair play to her. It's, it's an amazing achievement. Um, she needs to fight probably either Katie Taylor, if she can make, the if they can make some sort of weight situation because they're, they're quite far apart in weights. I think Katie Taylor predominantly fights at lightweight, whereas she is more of a, a sort of around the middleweight section. So, they can make something happen there that would be great um or if not she has to fight savannah marshall and savannah marshall is the only person that's beaten clarissa shields in her whole career and Clarissa shields lost to savannah marshall and the amateurs um and they've had a bit of a spat on twitter and you know a bit of calling each other out and stuff um i think a lot of people think that marshall beats clarissa shields so that that would be an amazing fight if that could happen and that you know if she beats savannah marshall then she really does sort of uh, solidify her legacy, I think. Um, but I think that that would be a great fight to happen.
1: I, th- I do think that's. I do think that's the next match. I think. I think you're right. We, we, the Katie Taylor match sounds great. I think the, the difficulty is going to be getting them two together at a sensible a sensible weight. But, you know, remain hopeful. I think we're gonna. I think and I think you're right about it. It's, it's, it's a difficult one because you don't wanna you don't wanna downplay the the, the achievement of Clarissa Shields, do you? Like, because it because to win all the belts in two weight divisions, you, you can't argue that's an absolutely brilliant achievement. Yeah, uh, don't take. And you can only be what's in front of you. It's just a shame that there's not more in front of her. To just yeah. kind of you know, because there's no there's no saying that she could have double the women in the division and still be. Still have done that, and it would be a much better achievement. I think. Um, I think <clears throat> I get the impression that you know we talk about boxing sometimes in the you know the you know the good old days and sort of you know talking about some of the f- fighters that used to have all the belts in the kind of 40s, 50s, 60s, and, and like they're kind of seen as like the good old days of boxing, and then this is like modern era. And I think you're probably going to find that in generations to come, they're going to look back at on this sort of generation of women's boxing in the same way. You know, when there is there's no way that one woman can hold all of the belts, certainly not in two weight divisions like it is in the like you know. It's a real achievement in the men's. I think we're gonna, we're gonna get we're gonna get to that at some stage. But take nothing away from her. I mean that is that is a class achievement. Yeah, um, well done, well done, her. Cool. All right, mate. Um, thank you for that. We're gonna talk some uh, upcoming fights uh, in one minute.
0: The Wrestling Predict Cast is a podcast like no other. Each episode, the Predict Cast team discusses, debates, and predicts the outcomes of upcoming WWE pay per views in an ongoing competition. What is so unique, you ask? This is an interactive podcast where you can go head-to-head with us and your fellow wrestling fans with a chance to win WWE merch each episode. Just search the Wrestling Predict Cast, subscribe, and take part for your chance to prove your WWE knowledge and fandom dominance. That's the Wrestling Predict Cast, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So, mate, we're going to come back to some of the fights um, that are coming up over the next couple of weeks. I mean, we've already, because there hasn't been any boxing in the last couple of weeks, we have already briefly touched on some of these fights in previous pods. But I think it's probably worth us just reflecting on um, where they've got to, any changes in thoughts. And I think it's probably worth having a little chat around um, some of the shows as a whole. So, First of all, I'm going to talk about the fight that's coming up at the weekend. And now, I will say, depending on when this comes out, uh, this might have already happened. Um, so we might have already got the predictions uh, wrong by the time <laughs> you listen to this. So if that is the case, then just um, just fast forward accordingly. Um, right up until the next advert, please. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Dave Lawrence or Coley, fanciest chances.
2: Yeah, well, I've just, I've just as you were talking there, I thought I'll just have a quick look on Sky Bet. Um, to see where we are with it odds wise, and Akole one to three on um, with the bookmakers at the moment, so they fancy his chances. I just think, you know, like we've we've spoken about it before, and I, and I do I do think the more I look at it, we've definitely massively downplayed his opponent. I, I mean, I know we've I know we've said that he, I know we've said that it's his hardest fight of his career, but. Um, the guy's fighting is no mug. The guy's fighting is a decent a decent level operator and it will it will be it will be a tough ask. But I, I just think he's getting him at the right time. I think the, the you know, Glowacki's getting older and older um and starting to slow down and I, I just think a younger Coley will will have enough. I think he'll he'll keep him at distance and um try and use his jab effectively and I, I, I you know, if if it were me I would back him late on um for either a points win or a stoppage but like I said like we've said many times um that probably means like Glowacki first round TKA maybe <laughs> something like that but yeah. yeah I think I think you're right I think
1: you know what we've started off talking about I mean the the uh, the, the um in, improved rating that we've given Glowacki over these podcasts uh is really a stepping down from a high horse of being comp- super confident on the predictions to the reality of the situation, which is um, Glowaki. does present a real challenge, I think, um, for a Coley. I mean, not what we said a few podcasts ago, but I mean, we were talking about um, Glowaki in terms of Charles Martin, and, and that <clears throat> that was cruel—not uh, on Charles Martin, but certainly on Glowacki. Um I think, I think, I think what if we if we're comparing Glowaki to a different fighter, and I'm not talking in terms of style, but I think. You know, you're talking perhaps around your, you know, you, maybe your Povetkin level, something like that, where you'd like to think an anti-Joshua beats a Povetkin nine, oh. n- you know, nine times out of ten. But there, but there is a bit of a danger with Povetkin. This is the same thing we saw with Dillian White. We'll come on to it in a minute. But that... That's the kind of way the fight looks to me. You know, it should be should be a winnable, should be a very winnable one for Acoli. Um But don't write the lucky off. Is what we're I now. think
2: the nice the now nice thing fight. for coley in this fight is because it's for his first world title, he can box any way he wants. He just needs to win. Um, yeah. You know, he hasn't got. It's not like an AJ fight um, where. It's he's got to a level where AJ needs to look good and he needs to win within you know within the distance and and look impressive. Coley doesn't have any of that pressure at all. He just needs to win the fight. So if that means that he needs to st- sit on the end of a, a long left jab and just box for twelve rounds and win on points and so be it. He just needs to win the world title. Um, so that that's a nice pressure to um, to not have. Yeah, and then and then I just wanted
1: to touch before you know before we go on to White versus Povetkin, I just wanted to touch a bit more on the wider card. I have to say, I think the wider card on Saturday night is really good. Um, you got Billam Smith, you got Fowler, and you got Cordina all on the card. I think for a non pay-per-view fight uh, night, that looks really good. I think. Couple of things to say on that though. I think this is going to be a big hard sell for White Perfect in the week after, isn't it? Like this is this is let's get you an entertaining night of boxing um, so that you're really into it before White Perfect. Let's not try and sell that cold. And I think that I think this will do a good job of that. I also think it's a shame that we've got um, those three fights. So Bill and Smith Fowler and Cordina. Bill and Smith being for the Commonwealth and British Cruiserweight titles, and the narrowest. Margin is one to twenty on those three fights, uh, wow. which is which is the Billam Smith fight. So the bookmakers are giving their opponents essentially very little chance of, of any upset here, um, mm. which just feels a bit of a shame. Really, just feels like all three of those all three of those fighters could maybe do with something a bit more bit more of a challenge.
2: Yeah, I mean that. You, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, you're getting you're getting three British guys there who are probably going to deliver three British wins. Um, but who is that serving? Is that serve It's just serving the broadcasters, isn't it? I don't really think that's helping, helping those fighters. I mean, we, I remember watching Anthony Fowler at the fight camp recently um, last year, and he looked really, really good. Looked really, really solid. Um, but he needs, he needs better opposition does not he in the corner to really assess where he, where he currently is i just i just yeah i think it's a good card i think you've got three like really hopeful british we've got uh, three names don't you you've got three names so people three
1: people of name value um, and Menacoli sorry so four four really yeah. and i think yeah. that's great from a from a
2: oh um, yeah card. yeah it's a classic uh, it's a classic non pay-per-view boxing night isn't it where they've realized that you know if you, if you want to get a boxing fan to watch this you can't just have a Coley fighting. I think you need to sort of stack the undercard a little bit um, and uh, and that's great that's great and they're, they're hoping that obviously you'll you know you'll be impressed by these three guys and follow them for future events and uh, hopefully that'll be the case
1: yeah I agree now let me put you on the spot Dave there is uh, you got a Coley billum Smith Fowler, Cordina. I think Billens is twenty to one on. Uh is three to one on. Fowler's, I think, twenty-five to one on and Cordina's thirty-three to one on. I might have got Cordina and Fowler the wrong way around, but it's that's they're the they're the, the, the odds, essentially. Are any of those four gonna lose?
2: <laughs>
1: no, 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 they're not. Okay. So you're gonna have a little we're gonna have a little acca then are we, at some Should point. we
2: have an acca? Yeah, we'll have a little hacker on, on all four.
1: I think probably put a quid on that, you'll probably end up about one pound forty back, yeah, so uh, yeah. you know, big, big, big money opportunity there. <laughs> um, but at least gets you invested in the uh, at least it gets you invested in the evening. So happy days. Okay, mate. And then I think we got we've got to talk about White versus Povetkin. I know we um I know we have done previously, but I think we you know we did say we'd come back to it. Um, it's now only well as, as of time of recording, ten days away. Where's your head?
2: The closer that I get to the fight, the less I fancy Dillian White. And let me let me clarify that statement. I still I still think he's the favourite for me. Um, but we've chatted before, haven't we, about this on WhatsApp? The stuff coming out of his, of his training camp at the moment, um, from a like social media point of view, the stuff that he's saying is a big worry for me. Yeah. Um, so he is he is um, essentially for those that don't know, he is all he's doing is just calling out other fighters. Um, specifically, Andy Ruiz and uh, Deontay Wilder, and that is a that is a that is a bold thing to be doing when you've got a fight coming up against the guy that knocked your spark out several months ago. Um, I just think that's a little bit of a concern for me. That you know, is he is he overlooking Povetkin for a second time? Surely he isn't, um, but that's a, that's a concern for me.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think white just needs to do some business here like it, it, it's all well and good but you and i don't want to i don't want to go back to the anti-joshua hype thing right but when he was fighting ruiz for the second time he was not talking about any other fights he was talking about ruiz it was all business and i and i think white will win this i do i believe he will win this he's uh two to seven on um to win the fight and i believe he will i think he has he absolutely has to but I just—it makes me really uncomfortable that he's talking about Wilder and also Ruiz, in, and like and picking his next fights, and he's picking fights against people that I don't really want to see. It it—it it, it it, It's a little bit desperate for me as well because I think he's realised that the Povetkin loss is a massive loss for him, uh, and so he's now trying to line up fights against people that have got some name recognition. So I get that, right? But do it in like do it, it do it after the fight. Do it in.
2: Yeah, do it do it post fight.
1: Yeah, and like get Wilder, you know, try and get Wilder to come, and you know, people will watch White versus Wilder if he wins. They, they, they like they absolutely will. I mean, okay, admittedly Wilder is probably not going to end up in Gibraltar on um, <laughs> next Saturday night. I mean, having thought that through, that's probably unlikely. But.
2: No, but you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the the sort of pantomime element of boxing when you get, you know, you get your Wilder down to Gibraltar somehow. And he he comes in the he comes in the ring after the after White's knocked out Pavetkin and they have a bit of a, a trading of words and you know that it is all pantomime stuff. But at the end of the day, it, it's good viewing and, and it gets you it gets you excited. But do that after you've won. Don't don't do that. Don't do that at two weeks before the before the fight. specifically against a guy that literally knocked you spark out like a few months ago. You know, show some respect to your opponent and um, take it seriously, which we hope he is. But, it, you know, it is a worry.
1: Yeah, I just, I love the arrogance of it as well. Like, I, I mean, as much as I'm really nervous about it, I do love the arrogance of it being like, yeah, this guy did spot me out. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to fight him again. And then what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call out better people after him, like. <laughs> What in whatever sport would you do What in whatever sport would you do that
2: do you know what I mean yeah maybe beat, the, beat this guy first maybe um, the comparison is I mean what was the score was it Paris-Saint-Germain
1: Barcelona it was 4-1 wasn't it Paris-Saint-Germain yeah. right that's essentially the same as Barcelona going I tell you what when we play when we play Chelsea in the next round we are going to batter them we're like, you want, you like focus on you, you're 4-1 down mate like yeah. you lost the first game pretty horrifically maybe focus on the second leg.
2: yeah it's exactly that it is exactly that yeah, anyway, anyway.
1: I we'll, we'll have to bring in some f- football analogies. If you like uh, <clears throat> um please do listen to the Team Sheet podcast, which is a new podcast on the network, which you will hear both our voices on. Um, it's a good listen. Anyway, very much off topic, but I'm sure our producer, Ben, will appreciate me for dropping a little yeah. uh, <clears throat> intra pod uh, um, public- publicity. So happy days. Right, mate. And we just need to finish on the White vacuum, um story by. Uh, Get in your opinion on the two pound coin. <laughs> so yeah. I
2: saw this. I literally saw this this morning. Um, the, the the Royal Mint in Gibraltar, I think it's called Tower Mint. They have minted a brand new two pound coin to celebrate the biggest sporting event in their history, which is the Rumble in the Rock. And it features both boxers on the two pound coin. Making Dillian White the first ever boxer to feature on a sterling currency. Congratulations to Dillian.
1: I mean, that's a fair. That's a, it's a claim to fame.
2: Um, I wonder how do we you know how many they're making of those? I'm not sure. I, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm tempted to order one just for novelty value.
1: Yeah, no, I was just thinking the same thing. I think I was just thinking the same thing and then when and when not ultimately beats him because he's been too uh, too cocksure on the fight we can just put it in one of them Tesco's machines and
2: uh,
1: <laughs> buy, buy, our whole, uh, buy our whole milk with it instead right mate okay thank you for that I think that wraps up part two uh, we'll come back for Joshua fight number 11
0: coming soon to the views from the sofa network is the team sheet brought to you by the people behind from the canvas podcast the team sheet is a football podcast like no other Each episode, the team sheet brings you a top 11 based on a set criteria, from the sensible, like the top English footballers, to the not-so-sensible, like the best footballers with food-related names. To get involved, look out for the team sheet coming this March, and for more details, go to viewsfromthesofanetwork.com.
1: So, Dave... Part three, and we are talking today about Anthony Joshua's eleventh fight against Jason Gavin. Dave, just before we started recording this segment, you said to me this is a
2: weird fight, Anthony Joshua. Do you want to uh, explain? I just thought it was a really frustrating afternoon, uh, like evening's work for him. He looked visibly, he looked visibly annoyed. I think, um, I think they mentioned on commentary, didn't they, that they previously sparred together, like in the last sort of year, and Joshua ba- bashed him about a bit. And I think um, I think Joshua had come into this thinking this is definitely uh, going to be over in the first one to two rounds. And uh, you know, spoilers, it went a bit longer than that. And I, it just, it just, I don't know. We, we were talking in the previous pod about this being Joshua's best performance um, for the for fight number ten, and um, I just thought it was a level below in this fight. But um, love to know what you thought.
1: Yeah, I agree. This was not one of Joshua's better fights. So, I mean, I think if we, if we just take the fight and just go through it a, a, a bit. Um, so, Jason Gavin, not, not any particular career of note. I mean, he's fought against a few big names. So, he fought against Dante Wilder, lost. Fought against Michael Sprott, who, jo- who Joshua fought earlier on and beat comfortably and then lost to Michael Sprott. Um, he came into Joshua's fight off the back of two two back-to-back losses. Um, he then lost to Dave Allen. Subsequently, he's had two fights since Anthony Joshua: win one, lost one. Um, oh, and he lost to Lucas Brown as well. So basically, any, any kind of any big name he's come up against, he's lost. Is mm. a, a fair assessment of Gavin's career. Um, I thought the first, the first round was quite, um, was quite sort of lazy from Joshua um, it, it looked as though Gavin was just looking for a big swing and actually I've never seen a boxer who's who's like whose swing sort of relied so much on the whole of their upper body moving it was like a sort of like a sort of like if you could picture like a kid's sort of windmilling it was a bit like that at times um, he did yeah he did, he did I, was, I put here on my notes he did throw a bit in round one but he's literally swinging um, Joshua hit him with a straight left it wasn't a particularly big hit but it was clean and it really um, struggled, Gavin. Um, and 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 then come the second round. Um, oh, sorry. And then I, I guess the, the rest of the first round was basically the commentary team just going, "Oh, we're waiting for it. We're waiting for it. We're waiting for yeah. it," and it didn't come. Second round. Um, Joshua got his jab out. Uh, his jab out. It sat very one sided. Um, and then the first knockdown. Uh, Gavin. Gavin was complaining about being hit behind the head, but there was, didn't seem to me to be anything wrong with the first knockdown. got Completely completely jolted. Um, Then there was a big right, uh, sorry, a right, then a big left, which put him down for the second time. And then we were just waiting for the finish. But Gavin, to be fair to him, was very durable, wouldn't go down. Um, And then at the end of the second round, there was a weird sort of, there was a a few punches thrown after the bell for me, which don't Mm. think, didn't get picked up on too much. And then just to kind of finish off the, the, the sort of the summary of the fight, um, Gavin went down again at the early in the third round, uh, at which point Joshua kind of definitely threw a few punches while he was on his knees. Now the referee was a bit slow in getting in, in there, but it looked it didn't look good, and, I, and you would have thought the referee was going to give a lecture. And then there was a huge left, and Gavin, who tried to get up, just looked like a, looked like Bambi on ice, didn't he? he was you know it should have, I mean I, personally I felt <coughs> the four knockdowns was probably a bit excessive. I mean mm. at, at two. Or and certainly at three, he isn't winning the fight and he's, he's uncompetitive, so should have stopped. So Dave, go on. Talk us through your thoughts then.
2: Yeah, so I, I think um, I think there are some definite pros to take away from this fight for AJ. I think the damage that he was doing with his left hand in this fight is a big plus. Um, you know, previous knock, knockouts that he's had in previous fights, all about all about the big right hand. Um, whereas he's he's obviously showing in this fight that he, he carries quite a lot of power through his left as well through the whether, whether that be you know I know we we're saying about that first left that, that rocked um, Gavin it that I, I I looked at it live and I thought um, I thought it was just a jab but if you watch it in slow motion it, it, there is a slight sort of um, hook element to it it's sort of a, a jab it's a, sort of a cross between a jab and a hook isn't it yeah uh, but it catches him clean on the jaw and it's a it's a good shot um and I think I think he did most of his work and, and damage with with the left hand there weren't too many right hands landing actually and like you say he finished the fight with the left um so that's a that's a big plus that he's shown that he carries a lot of power through his lead left hand as well as that really explosive right hand um but I do definitely I do definitely agree with you I think it was a frustrating and you know l- lazy probably is the right word actually performance from Joshua he just couldn't seem to I think it's one of those fights you watch and you're like, I already know what's going to happen, but I'm just I'm just sort of waiting for it to happen. Um, and he just he just couldn't sort of connect. I think he could have easily won it within a round or two, but it just it just didn't sort of um, materialise for him. I think you know the only other thing that you would say is that he, he does show Gavin like a good level of respect and um, you know doesn't just doesn't just swing in wildly, which is which is which is a good thing. Um, I'd just like to pick up on on the point that you raised about the fact that he, he hit him after the bell in at the end of the second round, and then also in the third round punched him whilst he was on his knees. And I think this is, from what we've covered so far in the career of AJ, this is the second time this has happened in his career. Yeah. So he has hit somebody um, when they've been knocked down before in a previous fight that we mentioned. Um, and I, I, I just think that's... Um, I think it's it's a, it's a point from this fight because I think the reason he's done it is because he's, he's annoyed. He's like, pissed off that he hasn't got the job done already. Um, but that is uh, something that he definitely needs to learn still at this stage in his career that you, you just cannot do that because, I mean, he gets away with it in this fight because he's Anthony Joshua and he's expected to win and, and he's on a sky bill and, you know, it's all in his favour. But if if he does something like that at a higher level, then you know you're talking points off or you know etc cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, just showing a little bit of naivety and immaturity there for me um, and something that I'm sure Rob McCracken must have spoken to about after after the fight. We,
1: we, we've talked about it before, mate. I'm sure on this podcast, but I think there's a, there's, a, there's a people forget like Anthony Joshua is incredibly well me like incredibly well media trained. Like every time you speak, every time you speak, you think like genuinely not like genuinely nice bloke you know wouldn't hurt a fly and that and that is that is the media facing side of Anthony Joshua I there is there is also a there is also a definite undercurrent and Joshua's got this in him like he is not in that ring you know he is not he is not soft as a you know soft as a he is he is a, a hard man and he is a, and he's probably a scrapper and he's you know, I don't want to use all the normal cliches, but there's there, there is an edge, there is definitely an edge to him, and and it, it's when we see him fighting that sometimes that does slip out, and I think yeah. you know we'll see the Dillian fight, um, the Dillian White fight in a few, uh, I think in four matches from now, and um, you know that there, there, there is there is a there is a side to him, and and I've got to say I do like that side, um, but it's a side that you don't need to demonstrate when you're fighting
2: people like Jason Gavin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's. Um... I think that streak in him that you're talking about is both a strength and a weakness. Um, And I'm, I'm smiling because I'm, I'm just thinking about that Dillian White fighting for fights time um, because it's one of my favorite fights um, that I remember watching. It's just such an enjoyable one. Um, But that streak in Joshua is, you know, to be a scrapper, to be a real fighter, loves a fight. He absolutely loves a fight. And that like that, is something that gets him a lot of wins but as we'll see sort of later on his career does cause him does cause him some problems um and i I think it's something that you know to date now he's still battling with he's still trying to find that happy medium between um powerful gung-ho scrapping um you know knockout artist and the finished polished article of the boxer and i think it's something he's still working on now
1: Agreed. So, mate, the next fight we've got, just to whet the appetite, is Rafael Zumbano. Remember that one? Um, Not off the top of my head. (laughs) Which was actually in Birmingham. And as you might be able to tell from certainly my accent, uh, Dave, yours is coming on. That would have been a great fight to go and see. What a a shame. Anyway, we'll talk about that on the next pod. Any final thoughts for this week, mate? Uh, No great thank you for that insight <laughs> all i'm going to say then is come on uh, come on Akoli, bring another title home for us um thank you uh, again to our producer ben for putting this out for us uh, and thank you to all of you for listening um we shall see you in a few weeks time bye bye
0: thanks for listening to the from the canvas podcast brought to you by the views from the sofa network if you like what you're hearing be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Want to get involved in the conversation then find us on social media. Just search for From the Canvas Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.